welcome to the Internet of Things podcast. This is your host, Stacey Higginbotham, and your co-host, Kevin Toffel. And we have a very fun show for you today, so get your credit cards out and your gift list ready, because we are talking about the 16, nay, 17 items that we think you should think about buying for you or others this year. We're also going to be doing a quick little news bit with basically two things on it, so you can find out what those are. And we'll have a message from our sponsor, Spark Cognition, and we'll answer a listener question. So... Let us get on with the show. But first, a message from one of our sponsors. Home isn't just a place. It's a feeling. The feeling that you're safe to enjoy the things that matter most. Whether for your home or business, ADT helps keep you safe so you can feel protected wherever you are. Introducing the ADT Security Starter Kit. Everything you need to get started with ADT Pulse, including a camera professionally installed for only $49. Visit ADT.com slash podcast today to learn more. Requires 36-month monitoring contract. Installation and activation fees apply. Enrollment in QSP and EasyPay required. Certain markets are excluded. Licenses available at ADT.com. Florida E through F 0001121. Louisiana F 1639. Okay. I am so excited because it's almost Thanksgiving. This is going to be out before the holidays. So if you're listening, happy Turkey Day for those of you in the U.S. And later on for you guys in Canada, happy tea giving for y'all. Or, oh no, we already missed Thanksgiving in Canada, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, it's October. It's already November. I don't even know what day it is. All right. I'm sorry, Canada. And for the rest of the world that may or may not celebrate Thanksgiving, I'm actually sorry too, because who doesn't love a day where you just sit and eat? Ah, it's great. Okay. (laughs) So we are going to zoom through the news because there's really very little of it so far. Mm. The biggest news is the Apple HomePod, which is Apple's answer to the Amazon Echo and Google Home, has been delayed. Does this surprise you, Kevin? It does surprise me. Really? It delayed? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> okay. It surprises me because they showed this off several, several months ago. They even had units, working units for the press to listen to and so on. And I understand that software is one piece of it that maybe they needed to work on still. Siri, they certainly need to work on, in my opinion. And they said it would be out by the holidays. And now it's not coming out until early 2018. I don't think it's like a supplier, supply chain issue, a parts issue, or anything custom internally on hardware. I guess it is software. And maybe, like I'm hoping, they're still working on making Siri smarter. I was going to say, I bet it's a Siri issue. I bet it's also, okay. So the part of me that is so frustrated with Apple and their smart home efforts and the continual like, oh, we're going to have HomeKit. Oh, wait a while. Oh, now we've got some stuff. Uh, It doesn't all work well. This announcement of HomeKit and then this gradual like rollout of services and then this retrenchment with, okay, maybe you don't need a cert chip after a bunch of companies went out and did that. So that's all very frustrating. What I will say, though, is, so I didn't find this surprising at all, because Apple has consistently pushed forward with this incomplete version of what it thinks the smart home should look like. And it feels to me that it not only does it not really have a clear vision, I think it's also getting stuck with its privacy efforts and kind of the way that it's segmented its entire ecosystem. So I think we see that with a couple things. I think we see it with, you know, its decision to change out the certification chip and make it software authentication based. I think we're going to see it with the problems with Siri we've seen so far. 
So I think what's happening here is probably Apple's trying really hard to figure out how to push forward in the smart home the way it is historically pushed forward in the mobile ecosystem. And I think it's kind of realizing that it doesn't always work. And I don't disagree with anything you said, especially at a, at a high level. I think at a low level, though, the Siri that's going to be in the HomePod is going to be the same Siri that exists today in a phone to control things. And they already have that. And that's so terrible, again, though. No one's going to oh, want uh, that. No argument there. It's not great. but And maybe that's why they have it. I mean, they realize that, of course, they realize that Siri is not the best experience for users. I have to think that. But they realize when you put that in a, you're trying to conquer a new ecosystem with a terrible AI, which in some ways might mean that Apple realizes that the AI is the key for the smart home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Could be, could be. I am frustrated with Apple because it kind of jerks around the industry and industry adoption in a lot of ways. A lot of people are holding off on the smart home to get HomeKit certified stuff. And Right now, if you're going all in on HomeKit, you don't have kind of a democratic, accessible way to control your home, you know, that isn't based off the phone. And I think that's really a stumbling block for them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of HomeKit devices obviously will work with other hubs as well. And that's why I don't think it's hurt the market too much, but I don't disagree. They move markets and this is not helping in general. Yeah. I mean, even their partners are frustrated. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. I cannot tell you how many times I have people sad about Apple. So that is the Apple HomePod news. So if you were hoping to get that for the holidays, you can just not. Uh <laughs> Siri's taking the holidays off. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have a correction to make because last week we got a call and I feel terrible that I answered this wrong. This is why you should play with your gadgets for more than a day before you start talking about them. Bad Stacy. The wise $20 home security camera that we talked about, I said that you didn't send stuff to the cloud. That is because I was not testing it at first with the motion detection on. I was just detecting it, playing with it as a live camera because I tend to play with things, minimal features first and then build up to all of them. But when you build up and you add motion detection, all your data is sent to the cloud. So we did say that it did not send things to the cloud, but it does. So that's really important to know. You mm -hmm. can save everything to an SD card. That is all still true. And if you don't want to send anything to the cloud, I did talk to one of the founders of the company, and she said that if you don't use the motion detection, then basically everything can be stored to your device, which is effectively what I was doing. So That's interesting that they can't do the motion detection on device. I mean, are they using... The cloud to do processing? Or? They send the video up to the cloud and store it there. Now, there is no storage fee for any of that. So mm -hmm. it's actually a really interesting company. I talked to the founders, and they license it from a company in China. So the camera hardware is licensed from a company in China. But the software they did themselves, and their whole model is, these are people from Amazon, their model is to basically build the cheapest product they can and then branch out into other stuff. They were like, it's the Amazon model, great customer service at a low, low price, low margins. So low <laughs> margins to them, low cost to you. But presumably, she says it's the same hardware that's inside the nest. I'm like, really? Okay. And they do have the money. They've said they've built in the capability. They're hosting on AWS, obviously. They built in the capability to store your videos. So just store the motion capture videos in mm -hmm. the cloud and not charge people a subscription fee. Which really motion capture isn't going to, it's not going to take up gigs and gigs of space because, right, you're not storing everything. So 
Mm-hmm. But still, I was really intrigued by this because, you know, the assertion that this is just the same gear hardware that's inside the Nest Cam when a Nest Cam sells for, gosh, what, 150 I think a little more than that, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it depends on your deals. I think Target's going to have theirs as a doorbuster for 130 a Nest Cam. But yeah, it's pretty astonishing. So yeah, Nest Cam, basic Nest Cam, 200 bucks. So this is a tenth of the price. <laughs> Very audacious product. Very audacious. So that is our correction. But we're going to keep talking about it because, <laughs> oh, I, we should have jingle bells. Jingle, 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 I, I don't, jingle. I don't jingle. have any jingle bells. I don't here. have any jingle bells either. Sorry. Ugh, where's my, I, I need one of those like radio DJ sound machine thingies. You need a soundboard. Yep. A, oh, thank you. That's what You're it's welcome. called. You're welcome. That's right. why I'm here. <laughs> this is our Internet of Things podcast 2017 holiday gift guide. So we, for our holiday gift guide, everything on it, we have tested unless we tell you otherwise. And we will be very clear because we don't want to send you home with a crummy product. We also try to do different things each year. So this is why you won't see my old favorites like Lutrons or Q-Lights, which we all you know, we talk about all the time and we're like, yay, we like them. We don't uh, have a single bulb on here, traditional bulb. We don't. Yeah, that's a big departure for us. It is. We usually have a bulb. Yeah. So we have broken this up into categories. We've got the smart home. We've got kid stuff. We have stocking stuffers. And we have crazy expensive. <laughs> yes. Because what's not? Why not? Why so, not? Let's get this party started with the reason you probably listen to the show, which is smart home stuff. My first pick is the Wise Cam, which is W-Y-Z-E camera. And it is $20. This is the one we just talked about. And gosh, you could actually use it as a stocking stuffer too, because it's very small. There's not a lot to say here. It is a fully functioning security camera. It works really well. I bought one a couple weeks ago. It arrived. And... Gosh, I feel like I could just like set this up anywhere. And and it's one of the few that you could store on the micro SD card. Yes, you can store your data on the micro SD card. It will go to the cloud though. And what else about it? It's got everything. It's got HD. It's got night vision. It's got two-way Stick. audio. Mm-hmm. It's got motion detection. I just... It's one of the few though. It doesn't yet work with any of existing smart home hubs or does it? It does not work with any smart home hubs. Now I will say that when I talked to the founders, they were like, yeah, we're going to make that happen. Okay. But honestly, not everybody has a hub yet. So uh, this is actually, you know, because a lot of them would require some type of hub to to have integration. So that's fine. Yeah. So if you are like, What's this smart home security stuff people are all worried about? Or maybe you're going out of town and you want to have a camera you just keep in the drawer and you just throw up when, you know, you're leaving. 20 bucks. Wise cam. Check it out. Okay. Speaking of cameras, mm-hmm. we get a lot of requests for the outdoor cameras. And my favorite for bang for your buck, good price is the Arlo Pro outdoor cameras. Now, there are three versions of the Arlo camera. There is a wireless outdoor camera that has normal batteries. Don't get that. It's expensive compared to the Pro, which is what we're recommending. And that is a wireless outdoor camera that's rechargeable. You can also buy a little extra thing if you want to just slot it in and charge, you know, leave one always charging. So I like this. 
It is, again, motion detection activated. You can arm it when you leave and you'll get all these notifications when people come in and out and stuff. And I think it's a great product. These, as you said, have a rechargeable battery, so there's no hardwiring, so it's simple to install. You could, I suppose, use these indoors if you needed to, but they're certainly rated to be used outdoors as well. Yes, and I've had mine in both places, and they are lovely. They do have a Pro 2 version that is more expensive and has a siren, and that's designed to act as a more full-featured security system. I'm not recommending that yet. I believe that one does 1080p video, whereas the one we're recommending is 720p. Yeah. I don't really think that's a huge deal breaker by any means. You know, again, this is if you just want to see what's going on outside. Exactly. Exactly. Mine actually don't, I don't have them up most of the time. I throw them up when I go out of town or when I have kids on my roof, then I set them up on the roof so we can keep an eye on them. The nice Mm -hmm. thing about the Arlo's is they actually work with a lot of devices. We went through and we thought about which cameras work with the most things. The Nest also work with a lot of things, but we didn't like them mostly because they're hardwired. So you have to have an outlet. Yep. Okay. Moving on to the smart speaker section. Kevin. Yeah, I'll, we actually have two and we'll explain why. I'll take the first one then Stacey, you can take the second one. If you're all in on Amazon's platform for a digital assistant, or you would like a choice in the future of which digital assistant to use, I would recommend wholeheartedly the Sonos One, which is pretty much a brand new product. Obviously, Sonos has been around with smart speakers for a long time. They pretty much pioneered multi-room audio, wireless multi-room audio in the house. And this works with just about every music streaming service known to man. It's ridiculous how much support it has. It does work with Amazon's voice services today, and Sonos is going to be adding Google Assistant support in 2018. So it's nice because you don't have to make a choice. These are $199 each. The sound quality is outstanding, better than any of the other smart home speakers that I have tried, which are mostly the smaller size ones like your Echo Dots and Google Mini and so on, even the regular Echo and the Google Home this is better sounding than that. So for $199, don't know if they'll have any Black Friday deals on this because it's so new of a product, but you know what? I would pay full price happily for this. Okay. But if you are looking for a Black Friday deal and you maybe are like, eh, it doesn't need to sound all that great. My other smart speaker recommendation is the Google Home. This is great if you are all in on Google, like me. I am a Google file. Is that even a thing? It's also the better of the, if you're looking at Google versus Madam A from Amazon, Google is actually smarter. And I have doubled up in my house and I'm finding that I'm using Google for more and more things. Like just last night, I added an event to my calendar and it just happened and it was awesome. (laughs) And, you know, those kind of things are starting to be, they just, it's seamless. So it's pretty cool. It works. The Google Home now, last year, we didn't recommend it because it didn't work with as many smart home devices, but now it does. It works with a lot of the big ones. It doesn't work with everything, but it does work with a lot of the Philips Hue, the smart things, the Wink, like 70 devices. So lots of choice there. And the Black Friday deals are looking like you could get one of these for 99 bucks. So go on in. That's a good price. And I waited to buy mine until it got all the integrations with the smart home bits. So I agree. It was not worth the recommendation last year, but it's really good. Okay. So Google Home, if you like it. If you're looking for a hub though, Kevin, 
Yeah, people know I have a soft spot for this hub because I purchased the first edition of it, but now they have a second edition. So I would recommend, especially because it's on sale for the holidays, the Wink Hub 2. You can find it for about 69 bucks right now. It works with just about every device I can think of because it's got all the right radios inside. It's got Wi-Fi, it's got Bluetooth, it's got Zigbee, it's got Z-Wave. So I've purchased my own, very happy with it. The second generation was well worth the upgrade because there's more memory inside, more storage, a faster processor. There's much less lag when I say to a Google Home or some other device, turn this light on. It just happens quickly now. So very, very happy with the Wink Hub 2. And I would say that if you know what those radios are and you're interested in this and you somehow still don't have a hub, I would say do this over the Amazon Echo Plus, So, which is advertising itself as a smart home hub, but isn't as full-featured as some of the others that we're going to talk about. So there's one more hub slash media slash everything player in here. You want to talk about that, Kevin? Yeah, I kind of feel funny putting this in here, but I have to recommend something that I bought and use every day. It's the NVIDIA Shield TV. And you're probably saying, why is he recommending an Android TV set-top box? Well, a couple of reasons. One, it's on sale for $150 or $170 with the actual game controller. And that way you can play Android games. It obviously runs Android apps. It's Android TV as well. It's got Google Assistant built in. So you can use either the remote, which has a microphone, or the game controller, which has a microphone, and speak to Google Assistant at any time when you're using the TV. NVIDIA will also be adding little microphones that you can plug in around your house and that will communicate to Google Assistant as well. Those are not out yet. I have not used them yet, but this is one of the reasons I bought the Shield TV. But on top of that, recently Samsung began selling the SmartThings Link for $40. I actually snagged one for $10 on sale. I don't know what the sale prices are going to be over the holidays, but even for $40, what it is is a USB stick that you plug into the back of the NVIDIA Shield TV and it basically has the SmartThings software and adds a Zigbee radio to the NVIDIA Shield TV. So now you've essentially turned your set-top box into a SmartThings hub as well. So you kind of get a two-for-one special. It's a great video streamer, 4K, HDR, it can handle anything. And then you get the Smart Home hub bits as well. Got it. So these next two devices are rounding out our Smart Home, and that is the... For the smart thermostat, we are picking for the Ecobee 4, which is the Ecobee thermostat has all the fun features you know and love from the Ecobee, plus the sensor, plus it's got Madam A inside, so you can talk to it and have things happen. And it's only $200 on Amazon, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty good price. And it does work with HomeKit as well, so you don't have to, you can use it in an iOS environment. And then... Wi-Fi mesh networks are smoking hot again this year, and we're going to go with, we're torn on this. We're just going to be we honest. Are. We're really torn on this. We can recommend two. That's fine. Yeah, that's true. All right. Go we ahead. can recommend two. I will unequivocally recommend a mesh network for anyone who's going to get into the smart home. So our two favorites, Kevin's is? It's the Google Wi-Fi. And that's because a three-pack will only cost you $289 at full price. I'm sure there will be some on sale in the coming weeks. And it's just drop-dead simple. It works really, really well. I know some reviews said that other products had better range or better throughput, but everybody I know, and I bought my own three pack, everybody I know says it's plenty good. It may not have the advanced features of some other mesh network products, but again, simple setup, anybody can set it up and it just works. And I am going to, it's expensive, but I'm going to do my Eero Plus. And this is the second generation Eero's 
It's got one main brain Eero, and then it has two beacons, and the beacons also double as night lights. This will cover a pretty, this covers my house just fine. And that is $399. I love these things. So yay, if you have a one to two bedroom home, you can probably get away with a $300 set as opposed to the $400 set. And then it also offers a lot of really good kind of add-on features and controls. Plus, if you want to spend money, an additional $10 a month gets you a parental safety kind of features and a security service. So, woo! Okay, those are our mesh Wi-Fi options that we liked. So before we continue on with our gift list, let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, we are taking a break from the podcast for a message from this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor is Spark Cognition, and I've got Usman Shuja, who is general manager of the Industrial Internet of Things effort to talk about Spark Cognition. Usman, Spark Cognition is an AI company, and you guys are really working to help industrial IoT companies improve their efficiency and improve their safety. That is correct. We are bringing together a lot of different capabilities within artificial intelligence, and data analytics happens to be one. We are addressing use cases such as predicting failures or catastrophic events, and also automating a lot of the processes within the industrial world, looking at security data within these industrial environments to make Make sure that no malicious activity is happening. So data analytics is a big piece of it, but we are bringing different pieces of artificial intelligence to make that analysis and make that application more robust. Thinking tactically, do you have an example of maybe one of your clients and how they used AI to change their business? Absolutely. Uh, FlowServe, which is the largest pump manufacturer in the U.S., is one of our clients. They could predict a failure in a pump a few hours in advance. They applied our algorithms, and now they can extend the forewarning of a pump failure by six days. That has fundamentally changed their business model. They can sell prediction as a service, which has really supercharged their aftermarket business. So, Usman, what are some of the critical steps to ensuring a successful AI implementation? So the key to successful implementation would be to think big strategically and act tactically. Well, that means addressing the big picture problems concerning the board and the C-suite and, and addressing the business outcomes, building a good ROI story. AI, at the end of the day, is a technology. It should be tied closely to the business outcome. The second thing that's very important is the people aspect of it because it's new technology and it's unproven technology for a lot of the clients. We got to engage the people and get the buy-in so they don't feel nervous about it and they start trusting the technology that it can deliver the business outcome that they're looking for. Okay. And what are some of the risks of AI implementations? The biggest risk that I've seen is people jumping to conclusions about what the technology can do without building the right foundation. So for example, the organizational structure could be something that is not supportive of an AI implementation. It could be the lack of data or available data within the IT environment to be able to support some of the artificial intelligence algorithms. So between the organizational structure and people and the technical infrastructure needed to deliver AI solutions, those are the two big things that I've seen as major risks. Okay. And where can we find out more? To find out more, visit sparkcognition.com. Now, let us go beyond the smart home into for children. 
I'm going to do both of these because I have my daughter playing with some of the stuff. So first off, for kids who are probably between the ages of, I don't know, five and eight, five and nine, maybe the Kano motion kit. This is $30. All this is, is a little tiny sensor you can plug into a computer and you wave your hand over it and things happen. So your kid can beatbox, they can like use it to control different games. And they also, as everybody loves to do as a parent, can use it to teach your kid to learn to code. Now, I will tell you, when my daughter saw the learn to code feature, she's like, oh God, they want this again. (laughs) (laughs) So she's a little over it, but it's so easy to use. I made her set everything up. She was totally fine. My daughter is 11. So she's a little out of the age range, but she said it was fun. So $29.99, fun little present you can get for your kid and play with them. And the other is for the slightly older set, and that is the Little Bits R2-D2 Droid Inventor Kit for a 100 bucks. And I have not tried this. So this is one of those that we have not tried, but I have used the Little Bits stuff extensively, and it's awesome. It's well put together. My daughter loves her Little Bits kit. And so what this kit is, is you build a little R2-D2. So cute. And you get all these parts and an app that goes with it. And you basically build it. I don't know how to you build the little droid. And then you learn how to use all these other little parts. So the little, little bits parts. I kind of want this. You get a little 12 inch R2-D2. It's got a servo, a control hub, a DC motor, proximity sensor. I mean, you could, you could have a lot of fun with this. You totally can. It's a little nicer than like, we have had the little bits, like they make a kit that has all of this stuff in it. And you can buy that and use that, but it's not, sometimes for kids without a project idea, it can be kind of daunting. So this is nice because it gives them something to build for, but then they can always use these parts with the other little bit stuff and kind of start building their own stuff afterwards, which is kind of fun. So cute. All right. Cute. It's a hundred bucks. Very fun. Kid tested. Mom approved. Who used to say that? (laughs) I forget, but I know, I I can't remember the commercial, but I've heard it a gazillion times. You did not come up with that, Stacy. All right, moving on to the stocking stuffer category, Kevin. Well, you cannot go wrong with a Bluetooth tracking device, in my opinion. I mean, these things are like the size of a roughly a quarter quarter dollar, and you can attach them to bags. You can attach them to we attach them to keys. Actually, I attach one to my mailbox key, so that way we all know where the mailbox key is because. Somebody, and I won't name names, but I usually leave it in my pants pocket after getting the mail, and then nobody can get the mail. So I'm going to recommend the Tracker Pixel, which is the newer model. The old Bravos, I think, or they may even be discontinued, but the Pixels are now the latest model. You can cause them to make noise using your phone, so that way you can find whatever you're attached to. There's, You can use the Bluetooth in your phone to get closer and closer to them, so you don't lose anything. And right now, it looks like they're on sale. A five-pack can be found for $49.99, so 10 bucks a pop to attach to whatever it is that you need to keep track of. You got a Bluetooth tracker, makes it easy to find whatever you need. Got it. Okay. Now here's my controversial pick. I'm going (laughs) to let you know that I do not own this. I have played with it in the beta store. And I will also say that I can't say it because my husband listens to the podcast, but I might get this. So (laughs) this is the floss time. This is a $40 device that granted is a little silly. This is for people like me, who don't floss as religiously as they should. It is a pretty looking device that you stick on your mirror. And basically every night it looks at you and it gives you an LED smiley face or an LED sad face. The smiley face is if you pull out the floss and presumably floss your teeth with it. And is this something that would motivate me to floss my teeth? 
It actually probably is because <laughs> I would want it to smile at me. Also, I would be like, somewhere there's a server that says, oh my God, she never flosses. <laughs> oh, so, Stacy needs validation. Yeah, I don't with most of my things, but with flossing, I'm kind of like, yeah, because I know I yeah. should do it. So that's what this is. And, you know, if you have kids, you can get it for them. And they have little like snap on covers that are like frogs and stuff. And they're very cute. So the downside to this is that you do have to buy special refills of the floss. So is this... A smoking hot deal? No. Is this a really interesting device that might help you? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So Yeah, 40 bucks. Not bad. 40 bucks. And good stocking stuffer. My other stocking stuffer is for the smart home aficionado in your life who is likes to touch things, likes buttons, which totally describes me. So this is the Fabaro Z-Wave button. It comes in eight different colors. They are Gorgeous. I love these things. They feel good. They're fun to play with. It has six scenes that you can set up and it's, you set up a scene and it's triggered by different taps. So one tap, two taps, three taps, all the way up to five taps and then a long press. I'm going to say I don't have anything that's a five tap set up on mine because that's a lot of tapping, but I love this thing. It's pretty. It sits out on my, like I have a table by my couch and I just like, you could mount it to a wall if you want. It does only it only works with smart things. That is, or if you want to use like Fabaro's hubs, you need a hub that will support all of the Fabaro features. And right now, Wink does not do that. So smart things only kind of a little bonus button. Bonus button. Does it work with if this, then that or no? It will work with if. <laughs> <laughs> it works with them, but only through smart things. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, by the way, this is news, not a gift guide pick. But your Roombas now work with Ift. Woo! Ooh. Yeah. Give the cat a ride around the house. Exactly. Cat hops on, send it around. All right. And finally, my favorite category, <laughs> crazy expensive. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So here's my first crazy expensive pick. It's almost like a light bulb, but it's not. It's the Nanoleaf Aurora Rhythm. This is is an awesome product that one of my friends has, and I played with it for like an hour, and I love it. It is $230 for the starter kit. It is both HomeKit and Madam A enabled, plus there's an app. And it, what are these? They're these like six triangles that are connected to the internet and light up different colors. You can set them up in a pattern, so it's like artwork or a nightlight. It's brighter than a nightlight, but it's pretty non-functional. It's just cool. Is, is how you should think about this. But it, it dances to music. That's the rhythm part of this, mm. which is pretty sweet. And you can control it, control bass features with the Madame A. So I like this. They're really neat looking light panels. Like you said, they're triangular. And then you get these little connectors and you just daisy chain them together in any pattern that you want. And then, I mean, so you can constantly change the light panel in your house. It's kind of neat. It's just like a really interesting, It's think of it like art. And yeah. you can support up to 30 panels on one controller, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so you could really build some cool stuff. It'd be expensive, though. Yeah. And Kevin? Uh, this I get the duty of explaining why something that costs $1,500 is on our list. <laughs> uh, the June Oven. I know we've talked about it so you many times. You guys knew this was going to be on. You had, you had to know because Stacy bought hers. And then when she told me about it, I'm like, maybe I'll try this for my wife. And my wife loves it. And we use it every single day. So if on the off chance you haven't heard about it, the June Oven is a smart oven. It looks like a 
big toaster oven. It's not something you're going to put a 20-pound turkey in, but for most other things, it's perfectly fine. Uh, it's got ceramic heating elements. It's got a built-in camera inside the oven. It runs on Android. It's got a nice, really nice-looking touchscreen panel to put any presets in or change the temperature or set the timer. It even now works with Madam A. So I now say, hey, Madam A, preheat the June oven for me, you know, and it just does it. It's great. Really interesting in that they have a food database. So when it recognizes the food that you put in, it literally knows how long to cook it. And it tells you either on your smartphone or on my Apple Watch, for example, the food is done. It just, I have not been able to cook something poorly with it. It just cooks perfect for us every single time. And recently, I love that they've added new recipes. They will walk you through how to make something and then you just put it in the oven and boom, it's done. So couldn't recommend it enough. We use it every single day. My husband even was like, hey, are you going to put the June on this list? And I was like, oh, yeah, I am. And he's like, okay, good. So the non-smart home loving people in our lives like this, but it is pricey. So Hence the crazy expensive tag. And finally, finally in the crazy expensive tag, I am going to throw this out here because I've wanted one for like a year, a year and a half, almost two years, actually, because I first saw it at CES in 2016. So almost two years, the Clever Pet. This is a $300 connected toy for your dog. It's like Simple Simon. <laughs> it's a treat dispensing Simple Simon game for your dog. Yep. So I have now had mine for less than 24 hours. I'm recommending it because I've already had so much fun with it and my dog likes it. Your dog may not like it, but you can return it. <laughs> so again, this is kind of a crazy purchase, but I'm putting it on here because by golly, it's kind of awesome. So, you know, if your dog goes for it, I could see them really going for it. And it, it's so far entertained my dog quite a bit. So it's got like three lights built in, so as you said, Simple Simon, and the dog would then try and hit the light. Yeah, the to lights get, to get the like food when the that's light. The end goal is the lights will go off in a pattern, and your mm -hmm. dog will mimic that pattern to get a treat dispensed to it. Nice. Now my dog is at the stage where it will hit the light to get the treat, mm -hmm. but again, we are only a couple hours in, so yeah, it seems sturdy. My dog has already attacked it. So, but again, I want the treats. Exactly. I'm like, forget the lights. This is dog dependent though. So there you go. If you think your dog might be into it and you want to set fire to $300, you could do worse. Alrighty. That, that is our gift list. It's quite there's, a list. There's something for everybody on here. We've got our cheapest thing at 20 bucks, actually 10. If we think about bulk discounts for the trackers and mm -hmm. we go all the way up to $1,500 for a connected oven. So hope you guys enjoy your holiday, your Black Friday shopping. And now we should go answer a question from our Internet of Things podcast hotline. The IoT Podcast Listener Hotline is brought to you by Schlage, maker of electronic locks. Schlage electronic locks can make life so much easier and more convenient. No more keeping track of extra house keys. Each member of your family can have their own access code. To see what's possible, visit schlage.com to learn more. Hi, Stacy and Kevin. This is Aaron from Wilberforce, Ontario, Canada. Do you have any recommendations for ways to control outdoor Christmas lights? And is there anything capable of running a high wattage de-icing cable? We got three inches of snow last night here, so I'm definitely in need. Thanks. Aaron, 
What a really appropriate question right ahead of the holidays. And we can only answer half of your question because while I am very familiar with outdoor modules and light control, living in Texas, I have no sense. I didn't even know you could actually put things on your roof to heat them. Oh yeah. Got to get rid of that ice and snow in Canada. So I did take a glance to learn about this, but I didn't, nothing popped out at me. So if anyone knows and lives in the great frozen north and has an automated or connected solution to heating cables on roofs, hey, info at iotpodcast.com, and we will share that with everyone. So, but on to the main question, which many people will benefit from, outdoor holiday lighting and how to make it smart. I have many options. The first is what I have used for the last three, four years, which is the Jasco Z-Wave on-off outdoor modules. These are big, ugly, and again, mine have been working for three years, so they are, we're going into year number four, and I just keep buying more because I keep adding more lights. These work with smart things, with Wink, with any hub that speaks Z-Wave. So that's for all of you guys who have that capability. If you don't, there are now wonderful new options that I have not tried, but so I would recommend these are all in the same price range. The Z-Wave ones are 35. They get more expensive, actually closer to the holiday. You might pay as much as 40. But I also see, and these are well-rated, the GBot Outdoor Wi-Fi plugs that work with Madam A and with an app. I wouldn't recommend an app. Go Madam A all the way. And these, they're Wi-Fi enabled switches. They have two. They are also outdoor rated. Make sure you use outdoor rated ones though, guys, because you don't want to mess around with not appropriate covers for your lights because if they're GFI, they're going to go off and you're going to miss out on your holiday lighting. So those are the options on the Wi-Fi front. iHome also makes a Wi-Fi one for 40 bucks. That only has one outlet, which may or may not be fine for you. And again, Wi-Fi works with Madam A and Google Assistant and Siri voice control, which means it has a HomeKit radio. For the HomeKit people, iDevices also makes an outdoor module it is $70 usually. It's between $60 and $75, depending. But it has two outlets. So if that's something you could take advantage of, it's basically like, you know, if you've got two right next to each other, you might as well just get that one and, you know, consolidate and it's the same price. So those are your options for outdoor lighting. My other pro tip for you is instead of doing, if you've got a mixed media, like you've got a bunch of different options, like indoor maybe switches made from somebody else, put it all through voice control. So do it through Google Assistant, build a routine, build a scene through Amazon A, or do it with HomeKit. So you can just activate it all with one thing. Because if your house is anything like mine, what you'll end up with is like, I'll just tell you, I have seven or eight. I think I have eight Christmas light type things all plugged in. So I just group them all on. And then I'm like, Madam A, turn on Christmas. And then poof, everything comes on. And if you're crazy like me, you can also do Madam A, turn on Christmas Eve, which for me is like our quieter setting. So it's like a little less festive, fewer lights just for Christmas Eve. So that is my advice to you. Again, heating information. My gosh, if you know anything, send it to us. And, good question. Oh, excellent question. You're going to help a lot of people. Good job, Aaron. And if you guys have a question, Kevin, what is that number that they can call? That number is 512 512- Six two three seven four two four. And that concludes our gift guide, our news, our turkey day extravaganza. 
That's all for this week's Internet of Things podcast. Remember, if you want more IoT news, please sign up for my newsletter at stacyoniot.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.